Hi, I'm Stephanie Brown. I'm a life coach and a physician and the host of the SOAR podcast. And you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Oh, it's good to be here today. How are you guys? Ah, chilly. Okay. Chilly. How's, every, how's everybody else? <laughs> I'm right. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm back from the dentist. I can speak. I think that's a win so far today. <laughs> totally a win. Oh, wow. And now... Here are three random facts and the news. Uh, the first fact is humans can smell rain better than sharks can smell blood. That's really surprising. Mm. I was very if, surprised when I saw that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, now my fact is something I think is very useful and timely. It's you can report phishing texts telling you about deliveries to AT&T at 7726. You copy the text and the phone number that it came from and report it. That, that'll that get rid of these scammers because they're really taking an advantage of us all being stuck in our homes and the holiday time and everything. You, you look at these texts and think, I have a package? Oh my God, I got to look that up. And before you know it, they've got all your information. So 7726. And does this work if AT&T is not your... Yes, uh, it does. Okay. That's good to know. That is a good one. Yeah, I had two guys come to the door the other day saying that they were, uh, what do you call it, customer service for like oh. one of the media companies. And I was just like, yeah, no, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really weird. Well, I have a f- another fact, and that is that... Retired actor and musician Philip Michael Thomas, best known as Detective Ricardo Tubbs on Miami Vice, coined <laughs> the acronym EGOT. <laughs> Did okay. he receive an EGOT? He never received any of those things. <laughs> for, those of, for those of uh, the non-acting people, what does EGOT stand for? It is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. So, so it's like... It- a quadruple threat if you've gotten an award in all those areas. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was an interesting. I, I think it's amusing that he coined the term but has none of the things to get one. So. Right. <laughs> That's his claim to fame, huh? And being on Miami Vice. <laughs> yep. And he's got some pretty good yacht rock songs anyway, which is how I learned about it oh okay (laughs) so it was like i was listening to this one show and i was like hey that's a good random fact i'm going to write that down right now (laughs) so so we have uh, a couple of leftscape events coming up in the very immediate future uh the first one is um i'm inviting everyone into my bedroom 
Wow. For, <laughs> for a live stream for to witness the glory that is Househenge. And uh, that happens on the winter solstice. And it will happen at dawn on December 21st. So if you are an East Coast person, you're kind of just getting up early. I'm kind of hoping my friends from Europe will tune in because it'll be almost, you know, mid morning for them. So it, you know, they will. And I don't expect my friends from California, unless they're staying up from the night before, will still be there. Uh, but we're streaming it starting at seven and we're going to do some spiritual solstice things while we wait for the sun to rise and then witness the phenomenon of how the sun hopefully will not be cloudy. <laughs> my, my, yeah. My husband was saying, you know, it's going to be raining on solstice. I go, don't, don't even, don't even, yeah. I can't tell yet. Well, do, they, does that mean that we call it off or do we still do it? No, we're going to still do it, but we okay. will pretend that the sun is shining. <laughs> I don't know. I would just need a sad trombone sound effect just in case. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, no, I think I just it will be think, wonderful either way. I just think it's really cool that your house is built upon the same alignment as Stonehenge. I just oh. want to mention, too, that it's not like your house is a new house and you purposefully built it this way. It's your house is an old house. And you. when did you discover that it was aligned like this? Well, okay. It was, it's because. Uh, when you redid your attic. When I did. Yeah. Well, the attic was unfinished and we finished the attic and then, then we were up there and I and noticed. Light was shining there. in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will get into a lot more detail about it during the live stream. Okay. Um, and, and I want to encourage everyone to find us on our Facebook event page and sign up and if you do want and we're doing two things we're doing a zoom call and a live stream so if you want to participate in the zoom call which we'll be recording and that'll be available after uh to contact us ahead of time to get the secret link to zoom yes yeah so cool, yeah, cool. that would be cool and uh also on December 29th at 8 o'clock, we have a Leftscape New Year chill out. And that is also a Zoom and Facebook Live. And we will um, just kind of hang out, you know, we maybe get someone to sing or do something cool. But we will mostly just like relax and just take a little break and look forward to 2021, which will be better. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like I like that this chill out is on the 29th, as opposed to the 30th or whatever. So that you know, because people are so busy, but on the 29th they should have nothing going on. Right? Yeah, it's a little downtime, and if people do have Zoom parties and things to get to on on the 31st, then you know we just have a little back from that, so we can kind of do all the things. And it's also like at eight o'clock, so you don't have to get up early. Or you don't have to stay up till midnight. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get up early and you don't have to stay up late. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's set for old people. Huh? <laughs> Not <laughs> for old people who want to join at this time. <laughs> so, yes, also on Facebook, like, please, uh, RSVP, sign up, let people, other people know, the more the merrier. It's going to be fun. And uh, later on 
in the show today. I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Stephanie Brown. I actually um, was interviewed on her podcast in uh, about a month ago, and uh, we I returned the favor. We both talked to each other for each other's podcast, which was fun. Um, she's an MD and a life coach, and her show is called SOAR, Sisters Overcoming and Rising. And uh, on this show, we're going to talk about uh, Black women in politics and also healing and self-care after this election and the um, political environment in general. And, you know, it's a good, it's a really good conversation. It was great to speak with her. And in, after the interview, we have our Ikigai segment, and we're going to talk about how do we know what we love to do. Oh, that's an interesting topic. Well, before we move on to the news, we want to give a shout out to anybody who's new to the show. So if you're new to the show, hello and welcome. Hey. Hey. (laughs) You can catch a new episode of The Leftscape every other Wednesday and subscribe on our website, leftscape.com. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever your podcasts live. (laughs) And while you're on our website, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leftscape. Uh, Or you can follow us on Instagram at leftscape. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at leftscape. And and please do support our podcast also. We've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash leftscape um, where we've got extra content and um, fun things that some of our items that have been designed and created by Wendy, which is awesome, and um, opportunities to contribute to the show, all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, and also we should be recording this, which is uh, one of our new perks. Exclusive. Yes. Exclusive uh, Patreon content. Exactly. And um, you can join us at the front row seat level on Patreon for just $1 a month, and it goes up from there. And we really appreciate all of our supporters. So thanks so much. And now, here's all the news we can handle. Well, you know, it's really been increasingly difficult for me to latch on to what news I even want to talk about because things are so just happening at such a fast pace. It's like a little <laughs> overwhelming. Um, but one of the things that really has stood out for me in the last couple of weeks is the lawsuit that was brought by uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, which contests the election results in Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And it, it was just stunning to me, really, that um, one state is going to say that the other states are, elections are fraudulent. And it's a very, just a very disturbing um, trajectory that things were on. And all of the, you know, numbers of, of Congress people that went along with that, um, and people that are just believing that, you know, we've had a fraudulent election, which is just really frustrating. You know, I feel like it was pretty clear every um, assessment of this that comes out is saying like this election was fine and valid and that this goes on is very uh, kind of scary to me. I was also very happy to know that the SCOTUS threw it out. The Supreme Court is not going to listen to this case. So that's kind of the end of the line, I think. But it's a 
it's a precedent that um, I found disturbing. So I just wanted to mention that as being an important thing to pay attention to and to just know that this occurred. Yeah, I uh, I think I, I and somebody in Congress I think did it this morning or or yesterday uh, that these the congressmen that signed on with this with this lawsuit or or endorsed it publicly however they did it they they really um the the one democratic congressman has put forth a motion or something to say that these these congressmen should not be allowed to serve in the next session yes yes and i also i think they should also be brought up on charges of sedition yes because that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have yeah. hope that any of that will happen, but I think it's <laughs> good to know that. I mean, it's good to, I think it is a thing that we should call out. And I wish that some, something more would be made of it. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I wish that, I wish that, you know, that people would raise holy hell when laws are violated. Cause mm-hmm. that's why there's laws. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I was just watching on on um, YouTube uh, a video of Chris Wallace on Fox News arguing with one of those congressmen, uh, telling them how wrong they are and taking the same side as you, Wendy. Did you ever imagine that somebody on Fox News would do that? And yet <laughs> that's how bad this is that even Chris Wallace can see it, you know? See, he's, I don't know too much about Fox News personalities, but he always seemed like one of the more reasonable people. Yeah. You know, I think there's the news people and then there's the commentators who are the ones that are off the rails for the most part. Um, There are, I mean, there's, there are conservatives who are still, you know, who are alive today who are not Trumpers. So... (laughs) And there, there have to be. There have to be. I just, I cannot imagine. Yeah, well, people all those conservative and just, you know, and just like saying, ah, fuck it, we'll just be fascist now, and that's fine. Well, and all that's the, all <laughs> the Republicans in the Lincoln Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and we're recording this on Monday, December fourteenth, and this is the day I believe that um, the Electoral College is supposed yes. to. Yes. They're meeting probably right now as we're talking. Yeah, it already started. Yeah, so that is good good news. Um, And then speaking of things that we can do, um, the Georgia runoffs are still coming up in January. And, you know, we can still volunteer and donate to help that effort because we can uh, can get control of the Senate, which would be a really, really positive thing. So we can get things done. It's yeah. If if we don't if we don't, it's going to be four years of nothing happening. Yeah, we don't want gridlock. So um, there's Stacey Abrams' organization, which is fairfight.com, and that is a place to go and check out uh, ways that you can donate and volunteer. And also, I believe I mentioned last show, Crooked Media has a Vote Save America, and they have Adopt a State, where you can uh, adopt Georgia and see what you can do as well for that effort. So. I will have both of these links in our show notes. Other news, of course, we can't ignore that. Finally, we have a vaccine for the 
COVID and the vaccines have started today, the day that we're recording this. So that's kind of cool. Uh, what a relief. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a long, we still have a long haul. Um, people with food allergies are being told that they shouldn't take one of them right now. Um, so that's a little daunting for me, but, um, but I, I haven't heard that. More. But I haven't heard that, but I, I'm yeah. going to defer to your judgment on that one. When, when they started it in England, in the UK, two of the people that they gave it to who had food allergies had a reaction to the vaccine. So, Is it the same vaccine? Yeah. That's the okay. I, I believe so. Yeah. 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 But but, uh, I, but can't, let me just say that that I think that by the time you come up in the rotation, Robin, I think yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not at the top of the list. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, there, there, was a, there, there was a New York Times article of a week or so ago where you could put in some data about yourself and find out where you are in the in the queue to get a vaccine and. In the New and, York Times, this was? Yeah. I mean, it used up, you know, one of my two free articles. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going back there again. For me, I'm not exactly at the end of the list, but I'm pretty far back. And my husband's way up ahead because he's considered an essential worker. So he's like maybe a third of the way down the list. So that was so that. Was that. I mean, I, in New Jersey, I think they're getting 78,000 vaccines and they are all earmarked for medical professionals and uh, people living in uh, living and working in long-term care facilities. Mm. So that I mean, is, that's good news. Yeah. Started, you know, and, and um, the last news item, which I was pleased to see in my inbox this morning is uh, the, the Cleveland baseball team is dropping Indians from its name. So, that is kind of amazing. I know there's been a lot of pressure on them for a very long time to do that. Uh, they haven't announced what they're going to be replacing it with, and their process of rebranding will take a while, and they don't expect the actual switchover to happen until 2022, but at least it's happening. So yeah. the embarrassing logo will be gone. Well, the the logo, the picture of an Indian, that that they took off back in the spring. Okay. But the, still the word Indians was still in their logo. And we just got to we just got to take care of the Washington football team now. I was going to yeah. say yeah, they they're still just <laughs> the Washington football team, right? So Yes. Which is kind of uh, an interesting branding. <laughs> it's it's silly, <laughs> but and, and an improvement. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, that's all the news we can handle today. I'm Laura Peters. I'm from Amnesty International, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Well, welcome to our interview, everybody. I am really happy to be here with Dr. Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Brown is a family physician who has been practicing for over 20 years. In the past few years, she's decided to expand her wellness focus 
to include emotional, spiritual, and relational healing, as well as the physical. She's become a life coach due to her desire to create a safe space for women to overcome anything that may be holding them back and from uh, holding them back from living their most joyful and empowered lives. In May of 2020, she decided to launch SOAR, which stands for Sisters Overcoming and Rising. It is a platform that includes a radio show, a podcast, a virtual community, and more. The goal is simply to empower, educate, and uplift women, especially Black women. At its core, SOAR is built on a desire to strengthen sisterhood. Welcome, Stephanie Brown. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. I was on your show, I guess, a couple of shows back, and uh, it was really a good experience. So I'm really glad to return the favor okay. <laughs> or <laughs> reciprocal discussion. So it's cool. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so can you give us a little more overview of your show? Um, it emphasizes empowering women, especially Black women. And it is fairly new. So I'd like to hear a little more about how you got interested in that particular medium of reaching yeah. out. Uh, thank you again for, for having me on your podcast. And I would love to talk about SOAR. I love talking about it. Um, so the radio show uh, was happenstance. It's, it's one of those circumstances where opportunity presents itself and you just have to say, well, why not? I was working with a client as a life coach and she uh, messaged me on Facebook and connected me with somebody else. So one of her friends was starting a new internet radio station and was looking for a life coach to be uh, in the lineup. And radio is not something that I ever thought that I wanted to do. I don't actually like hearing the sound of my voice. <laughs> but when I spoke to him, I said, why not? So I, I had a conversation with him and the platform just was right up my alley. It was going to be an all women's station of different, uh, mainly talk shows. And it was all about educating, empowering and uplifting women. And that's really what I feel like my my life purpose is. So I said, OK. And it just grew from there. I was really surprised at how well received it was and how excited people were. And what I realized is that there were a lot of women even in my immediate circle, who had great stories to tell and needed a platform to be able to tell those stories. So it expanded from my original concept of helping women to overcome limiting beliefs so that they could live their best lives to also being a platform for women, especially Black women, to use their voices and to be heard. Because I think for a long time, I know myself personally and a lot of other women that I know have felt like we have been silenced in so many different ways. And right now we're just kind of ready to be heard and to speak and to tell our stories. And I get to do that with SOAR and it's so much fun. Awesome. And it's on My Urban 95, is that right? Yes. Yeah, so it's actually now um, My I 95. Okay. Um, uh, dot com because the station has expanded. So that's been exciting too. So the show is going to be syndicated on two different stations now. So it will be on Urban 95 and Vibe 95. Um, it, we were the number one show on the station um, a couple months in a row. And so they're kind of extending us. So that's exciting. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> 
And you're building community around this as well. So I guess as you talk to people and interview people, you're sort of making connections as well? Definitely. Um, I, I think that I have been on the quest for sisterhood since as long as I can remember. Um, I don't have a biological sister, but I went to an all-girls school. And so sisterhood was one of the things that I was in a quest for there. And then when I went to college, I joined a sorority. And then when I had children, I was very passionate about joining an organization of women, of Black women that was focused around their children and and building leaders. And the organization was not located where I was living and you had to live in a certain locale. So I ended up having to start a chapter myself. And I'm sure for anybody who started a nonprofit organization, you can imagine it's really difficult to bring people together to, to sell the idea. And what I found in that experience was I was surrounded by all of these women who were like-minded, but there was a lot of hurt and, and, and pain. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, hurt people hurt people. And sometimes your sisters are the people closest to you. So when you have a lot of hurt, you tend to hurt them. And from that experience, it really took me on a journey to figure out, well, why am I experiencing this? Um, And how do I get past it? And so I got to a place where I realized that if we could bring women together who did the work to heal past some of those hurts, that the things that we could do would just be far superior to the things that we, we could do when you didn't get past those hurts. And so I became really focused on that. So building a community of women who have done some of the work, you know, it's always a work in process of healing and of letting go of some baggage and coming together in a space of peace and joy and love where we can really do amazing things together. So that's the type of community that I envision with SOAR. Beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of us, it has been such difficult times for many, many of, of us right now with a pandemic and the state of the country and politics as it's been. It's been uh, more challenging than even the usual, which is saying a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, so I know that one of the things that you were uh, thinking about is uh, the recent election and its aftermath. And uh, we were, when we first started talking about doing this interview, we weren't sure what given the outcome was uncertain of the of the election we weren't sure what the focus would even be so we kind of waited a little bit to see what was going to happen and um so now that we have a result um i guess the question is um how are you feeling about it now you know um i know well what do you think is the role of black women uh in electoral politics and how how have we been part of that and uh, about this election in particular, if you have any thoughts. I'm actually feeling very hopeful. (laughs) Now that we finally started the transition, I'm really hopeful. I'm very proud of the role that Black women have played in this election specifically and how we've been able to see, see the power of all of the work that we've done come to fruition from, uh, Stacey Abrams to, um, 
Vice President-elect Kamala Harris to Maxine Waters reclaiming her time um, <laughs> to so many people that, you know, I can't even name them all, which is which is very exciting. But I, I am hopeful I, that not only in politics, but also in activism and also in our professional careers, that we will start to get the recognition for the work that we've always done. You know, my entire life, I've seen Black women be active as delegates to um, the political party, as canvassers, as people to get out the vote. Um, I have friends now who work on campaigns, who run for campaigns. In every organization I've been a part of, politics has been front and center. So it's it's not new that Black women are very active, but I think the thing that is new is that we are sort of getting a national spotlight on on the things that we've always done. And I think it's about time. So I'm excited for the direction of the country. And, and I'm definitely excited for the opportunities that I think will present themselves for Black women specifically. Yes, me too. Um, so moving beyond this Trump era, what what do you see as the the places to go, the, the things that are most urgent? to work on and to do? Whew. Now that's a loaded question. Long list, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, saving the country from authoritarianism is, is probably number one. So yes. um, I think that there's, that there is work to be done, but as a, as somebody who tends to look at the heart, I think the work that pulls at me the most is the fact that our country is so divided. And the fact that, you know, we're almost split directly in half and we're on polar opposite sides and one side doesn't seem to be able to talk to the other side. So I think that that work does need to be done and it may not need to and it may not be done by politicians. I think that's work that we can all do every citizen just by speaking to your neighbor, by small random acts of kindness, by listening, by not being judgmental, by not you know, um, rubbing things in people's faces. I think that work has to start at an individual human level. And then on a broader level, I think that Black women should be, should feel empowered to run for local office, to be recognized um, and be put into leadership positions and not just be doing the work behind the scenes, which I think has happened for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I understand. Definitely. Um, you know, it feels like such a dilemma when you, you say people are on these sort of polar opposite ways of being in the world and seeing the world and, and voting for sure. Um, what do you think is the way in? Because I, sometimes I feel like if someone holds positions that are almost like antithetical to my ability to live my full life, that's hard. That's a hard place to leap to. And I definitely don't cut people out of my life necessarily. There's maybe one or two (laughs) over the time, but for the most part, but it's, but it's also, I find myself pulling back and being like, I'm not sure how I could talk to this person. It feels too far. Yeah. I have definitely felt the same way. Uh, I think we all have, but I think that there are always opportunities. There are some spaces that we protect, you know, those really intimate spaces we protect for people that we feel safe with. 
but there are some spaces that we're in that we don't have control over and we may come into contact with someone who has a different belief. And we get to choose how we want to show up in those spaces. You know, for me, I'm thinking about work. You know, I work with people who have lots of different beliefs and some of them are vocal about their beliefs that are totally opposite to mine. And I do not endorse them having a belief that is threatening to my existence or the existence of my family, which I feel very strongly about. But I also realize that that when people, the, the way in, I think, is by modeling certain behavior and through love. I just, I just, I just do. And so love might look like in that circumstance, listening, it might look like responding thoughtfully with another opinion or another way to look at something. It may look like not giving back. Like I had a nurse the other day who just was so nasty to me. And I know how she, and she's probably racist. She's said many things that tell me she's probably racist, but I had to make a decision not to respond in kind because I did not want to put that out in the universe. And I'm hoping that maybe if she gets that enough, it will crack through and some light will crack through into that darkness. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's, that's good to take in that, that possibility, you know? So um, what are the ways you'd like to see us all come together to create change? Um, you know, there's, there are some great advantages, I think, of doing things within one's group. And I'm very, very curious about what you think some of those advantages are and, and pitfalls of working with people of all races and genders and cultures. Yeah. And we kind of got a chance to talk about this when, when you were on my show, there's yeah. definitely benefits to the both. And, you know, having your smaller safe spaces with people who have similar values and then also being included into larger spaces. I think that the first thing is just being able to respect each other's humanity at a basic level we are all uh, human beings and there is more that connects us and divides us. And I know in this political landscape, that is really hard to see. And so sometimes when it's hard to see in the physical, I have to kind of go to the metaphysical to really connect with that. But as living, breathing things, you know, there's more that connects us as human beings. And we are also connected to animals and to plants and to everything that kind of makes up our universe. We, we are connected. And I think when we act in a way that what we do doesn't affect someone else or doesn't affect anyone else, that's when we end up with climate change issues and other types of problems is not recognizing that we are connected. And what I do does affect this other person, even if I don't like that person, even if that person hates me, it it's all connected. So I think that's the first thing. And if there are policies and people who can be put in place. I'm really excited about the cabinet officials that uh, the Biden-Harris uh, uh, Biden-Harris administration has selected so far. They seem like people who are experienced, who have knowledge, who um, 
have some, you know, good characteristics. So I think, you know, just showing up and modeling that behavior is one thing. And then there are policies that we can put in place that encourage people to see the humanity in other people. You know, not putting kids in cages <laughs> encourages people to see the humanity in other people. Not calling human beings illegal encourages people to see the humanity in other people. And there's plenty of other things that we can do from a social aspect, a political aspect, and an individual human interaction aspect to promote that. Yes, yes. It is, um, it's really hard not to be snarky when just saying good people with knowledge is a, such a big change. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I am, I am, I'm really looking forward to that shift as well. Yeah. And having people who actually want the department that they're overseeing succeed and not fail. It's, it's shocking that we have to say that. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So you are not only a radio host and a podcaster, you wear hats of a physician and a life coach as well. You do so many things in that realm. And so as a physician, uh, do you have thoughts or advice about the current pandemic, aside from what I hope everyone listening is already following, staying home as much as possible, wearing masks, social distancing? Do Do you have more advice or just impressions or thoughts about what this has been like? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is listen to doctors and scientists um, because this, we are all learning about this um, as it comes. N none of us were prepared. None of it, this is a novel virus. So none of us know. So the information and the knowledge is going to change. That doesn't mean it's, not true or it's a, a hoax, it's just changing. But doctors and scientists really are looking out for the best interests of, of everybody. That's what public health is all about. The second thing I would say is it's better to lose a friend than to lose your life. <laughs> so I know some people have had people to just show up at their house unannounced or, uh, and you might have to say, no, you can't come in. Um, I, you know, I would love to visit with you, but it's, you know, I am protecting my family's health and I'm protecting my health. So those, those are some difficult conversations that people have to have. Personally, since the pandemic started, I've been taking vitamin C, zinc, and elderberry, trying to drink a whole lot of water and getting a lot of rest just to keep my immune system strong. I personally have been on the front lines working with a lot of people who either have coronavirus or we suspect it as having coronavirus. So in my, it's it's a ER urgent care setting. We cohort those patients who have symptoms that could be coronavirus. And so for the first four months, I worked only with those patients. Wow. Now I'm working with those patients and with regular urgent care patients. So I get excited when I'm in a regular urgent care shift because I don't have to be in full PPE. I can just have on a mask and a visor. Uh, but it's been tough. It's it's definitely taking a toll on healthcare workers. You can, you know, when when I see my colleagues, we look at each other, we ask each other how we're doing, and we we smile just to keep each other going. But it's totally different than the way it used to be. The, the you know the the laughter, the the camaraderie, all of that has really 
gone. It's very stressful. We've had a lot of nurses that have quit. We haven't had any doctors quit yet, but I'm sure that that will be coming soon because nobody can maintain the level of productivity that we've had to maintain for such a long period of time. Right. And you're in the DC area. Is that correct? Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it ebb and flow somewhat with the number of cases in the area. Yes, it has ebbed and, ebbed and flowed. But the interesting thing is that when the COVID cases were down, that's when all of our other ca- cases were up because people didn't want to come in when coronavirus was at its height. So they stayed home and they got sicker. And then when those numbers went down, they came in to be seen and they were much sicker. So the cases were more complicated. People needed a lot more care. So I don't feel like we've, besides, you know, a vacation that you might've taken, I don't feel like we've gotten a break. You know, in the flu season, we're used to preparing for flu season. We know that these four or five months are going to be hard. You work hard and then you get a break over the summer. We haven't had a break. Hmm. Wow. So I I guess as a life coach, are there things that you've come to think about as something you could recommend even to, you know, your yourself and your colleagues, people who are struggling, dealing with all these compound challenges, you know, we, besides the COVID-19, there's potential isolation for people because of that, but also the, the conservatism and the authoritarianism fears that people have had and, and just wondering about the stability of democracy. I mean, it's looking better. But there are certain things. There's racism that's not going anywhere soon. You know, there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I have dealt with the compounding is to focus on the things that I can control and to try to let go of some of the things that I can't control and to take breaks. So one of the things that I love about having a community of sisters is that you can kind of pass the baton. So if you are an activist and you're out there working um, for Black Lives Matter or for transgender issues or any other activism that you're doing, sometimes you just need to pass the baton to another activist and just take a break um, for your own self-care. And the other thing is that um, I think some People who like to journal, a gratitude journal has been very helpful for me. I'm in a space of gratitude. It's been a a challenge that I've been doing for the, the last 20 days. But writing in a gratitude journal just lifts your energy. There's so much, as a life coach, I'm a Uh, I I use core energy principles. So catabolic energy is the type of energy that drains you and that um, is destructive energy. And and so some people call it negativity, but that's when you have the, the judgment and the guilt and the anger and the conflict, all of those feelings, which it seems like the world is experiencing 24 seven. And then anabolic energy is that energy of reconciliation and nurturing and joy and peace and connection and realizing that everything works together for our good. And so one of the ways that you can kind of elevate yourself from the catabolic energy into an anabolic space is through the gratitude journal and also just through your perception. So one way that we can look at this is, you know, one way I have looked at it is I cannot believe that we're still fighting against racism. You know, I thought this was a fight that my parents were having and my grandparents had had and that 
by the generation of my children that they would just be able to look at people based on the content of their character and not have to worry about that. And that's not true. <laughs> the The fight continues. So, but when I think about it that way, I I feel disappointed. So what I've had to do is just change my perception, you know, just like take off the blue glasses and put on pink glasses and think about what an opportunity I have to be alive during this time, right? Where I can personally make an impact into something dismantling a system that's been here for hundreds of years and and that'll be my legacy. And that that's pretty powerful. So being able to reframe and choose your perspective, one that leads you to feel hopeful and um, joyful, peaceful, whatever those anabolic energy levels are that you aspire to is, is the advice that I would give. That sounds really great. As you were speaking, I was remembering that our co-host Mary was recently talking about journaling and she had an article that talked about writing out all of your negative stuff, all your fears and all your anxieties and writing that down. So do you feel like there's a place for that too? Or is that like step one and then you get to the gratitude or how does that figure into it? Absolutely. There's a place for that. Um, I think sometimes people start off there. They start off with the fears and the anxieties and just whatever is on your heart. And then they may end up at the gratitude. As a coach, a lot of times I have people, I usually will start them with a gratitude journal But then I also will have them do a judgment journal and just have them write down all of the things that they are judging. And a lot of times we judge ourselves pretty harshly. And then you just realize how many different judgments you make. And in those judgments, a lot of times is the are those is the frustration and the anger and the stress and all of those emotions. And if we stop judging and just kind of look at things a little bit more neutrally then we can kind of raise our energetic profile a little bit. So the judgment journal is more for awareness because sometimes the anxiety and the stress, if you look at it, it's how we're judging a certain situation. Even if, you know, it's a rejection, the way you interpret that rejection will determine whether it makes you stressed out or makes you feel relieved. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Thank you. Good thoughts. So I I really appreciate talking with you. And um, just want to know, do you have any upcoming shows you want to talk about or events that you would like folks to know? Um, This will probably air, I think it's going to be around December 16th, I think is the date. So if you have anything coming up before that or after that, rather, that would be great to know. So I would just like to share that if any of your listeners would like to check out the SOAR radio show, you can go to myi95radio.com on Sundays between 7 and 9, and you'll be able to uh, click the Vibe radio station and be able to listen live. Um, Also, I I am going to be um, on a show, but I think that show is going to be on December 9th, I'm going to be on a sisterhood panel. I did another um, speaking engagement on sisterhood and I have, I was in an article and that's on my website, which is www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And then I have a podcast called 
Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. And you can find, you can listen to any of those episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your to your podcast. So um, I, I feel like I'm always doing something, but I don't think I have anything <laughs> coming up right in the in this next time frame. All right. Well, we'll definitely get your links uh, in our show notes and let people know about you and how to listen to your previous podcasts and get get people here listening to this show as well in real time. It was it was fun to be on it, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts too. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is sponsored by that old can of, I'm not sure what it is. Now that you've eaten everything else, look in the back, way back. Yes, there it is. That old can of, I'm not sure what it is, on sale three years ago at a grocery store near you. And now, back to our podcast. Welcome to our Ikigai segment. Uh, Ikigai is a Japanese word that is meaning it's kind of like a, your life's purpose and it it's it's the intersection of what you love to do what you're good at what the world needs and what you can be paid for which are all very soft kind of def, def you can define it in different ways to hopefully get yourself into that intersection of those four things and uh, today we're going to talk about how you figure out what it is you love to do because i'm still working on that yeah i was just going to say I, I haven't figured that out myself yet so i know we're like in our <laughs> 60s this is very sad yeah. <laughs> honestly mary i would think you would love to do theater in some way because well, you know that's interesting that you say that too because i I know that I immediately thought about that. I love doing that, but I don't love it anymore. Oh, so it changes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I that, have a sad. <laughs> well, I have a similar feeling. I mean, see, it's interesting. I, I have had that feeling about music where I see some people with that. They just want to play all the time. They want to play at the campfire. They want to like busk on the street. They want to, just constantly play and I don't have that anymore I want I want to make re well-made recordings of things that I write so I have a kind of craft and uh, interest in music but it it's not that kind of the thing I need to do 24 7 um, but it is something I love like when I really think about like making capturing an idea and creating that sort of end product of us of sound that feels really powerful to me hmm. you know and there are moments you know there are stage moments that i that i like but i did find at one point that i loved exercise 
and just physical activity more than music. Like if I had to pick like how I would spend more of my day, it would be just like being active or swimming or something like that. And I was like, maybe I should be um, like a fitness coach or something, <laughs> you know, it's not something that I've pursued, but it's something that I, I had to notice was sort of, sort of like ticking up in its, in its important importance for me. I think that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. But I'm thinking you, you, what you love is you love the activity, but if you wanted to be a fitness coach, you'd have to do studying of uh, medical stuff and all this. I've known people who've gone that route and they found it very tedious. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, my one of my loves has been science and I studied. Oh, that's true. Biology for a long time. So that's it's not out of the realm of something I would enjoy, but it's just it hasn't it hasn't gone to the point of like I need that to be my my job. Um, but it is something that I notice I need to do more of. The more the more of that I do, the happier I am generally. So it's sort of a thing that I've discovered. I want to throw this out there for you. Uh, There, you can combine the music and the physical activity fairly easily. Because, for example, um, I remember hearing that uh, Mick Jagger starts running like five or so miles every day before he goes on tour. So he's got the stamina to do a show. I think that makes perfect sense, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Keith Richards just like hangs out smoking. And, like, <laughs> I think he quit. I think he quit all those things, but um, which was actually shocking news that we had last year. I think. But um, well, that's how you can tell they re- they're actually old now. I mean, when when <laughs> Keith Richards stops partying, I guess. It's... Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I do think that there is an aspect of, um presentation in music and wanting to not just not just your physical like of how you look but that is part of it like the whole package of you know designing stage presence and all of that and wanting to look good and feel good and because you need to you need to be out there if you're touring as hard and, as and there's do, you know and there's you know there's choreography and running around on stage and getting very sweaty and active i'm just <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in my, in picturing... my ideal world, that is what I, I would have a bigger, like, performance <laughs> aspect of what I do. Jumping around on stage <laughs> with a guitar. Well, you have need, you seen me you... in a rock band? I don't think either of you really have. No, no I haven't. I have not. And I am sorry that I haven't. And yeah. But for, when I was in a rock band, I didn't have, I only had a wireless mic for like the last two years of performing out. So I was always... Or I always tie behind a keyboard, you know. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of running around you could do behind a keyboard. Right, right. Uh, I, I like what you said, Mary, about noticing that what you really loved has changed. And, and I sort of reiterated that. But I'm, how do you pay attention to that? Because I have found myself at times just like doing the thing that I do and then it kind of dawns on me that it's not, I could be doing something else or. Or it's not as fulfilling as it Something like been. that. Yeah. But it's easy to just get on a trail and you just do this. You just follow that trail, you know? Yeah. So how does, how does one come to those kinds of recognitions? Uh, well, I don't know. I just know for me when I broke my ankle and 
uh, had to recuperate for months and months at a time. And it was difficult to walk. And one of the things that I, as I was finally getting mobile around, and then I, I got called to go into New York to coach somebody, which was something I used to love to do. And I said, is this really worth it? You know, worth the pain of hobbling around New York? Because for people who have never been to New York, when you go to New York, you walk a lot and you have to walk fast. That's the only way to be in New York. And I I couldn't see going through New York traffic and the crowds and everything and walking um, with the pain um, to do this. It it just I don't know. It just uh, fizzled out. Mm-hmm. But but though the thing too is that the other thing is uh, when I looked at what I love to do when I was working on theater was I love to tell stories and I still love to tell stories, but now I'm looking at doing that in a different way. And what way is that now to um, write? I'm starting to write. Yeah. Okay, cool. Are you, is like books or shorter things? Well, short stories I'm focusing right now on short stories, but the thing is, is I can do it without hobbling around on my sore ankle. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's kind of cool too because you've distilled what the thing is that you love about you know theater it, it, like there's something more essential there and it's the storytelling piece so mm-hmm. you could maybe apply that in different in different ways yeah that's a good insight I like that yeah. how about you Wendy I'm still I have no idea I you know it's the problem is is many you know when you when you're looking at stuff you want to do for your life for your life's work or your purpose mm-hmm. or whatever you figure okay what am i actually good at and- yeah that's what i was just about to say i'm sorry to interrupt you but i was going to say is <laughs> you you wendy are are good at many things i know and it it gets kind of gets crazy making but for now, I well, I'm also pretty widely scattered in the things that I'm doing also. So uh, I could possibly think that there's a theme around them, but I, I'm working more on my craft as that I'm trying to develop my skills as a visual artist uh, in, in traditional media. So for example, right now I'm, I'm working on watercolors. I'm working on getting some watercolor techniques down and figuring out like what paper is the best to use for certain kind of painting. <laughs> you know, it's just really specific, tedious things. Uh, but I don't find it tedious. It's probably tedious for me to talk to, to somebody for to listen about like, well, you know, the arches paper and the difference between hot press and cold press and all this other shit. So this is like, I'm basically teaching myself all of the things I would have learned had I gone to school for art hmm. that they mm-hmm. teach you <laughs> and I never did that so it's like ah, I gotta figure this out and we'll see what happens and that's kind of where I am right now but also uh to the side of that I have you know a bunch of books that my mother had written the rights have reverted back to me like the publisher saying oh we're not gonna reprint this anymore so here here you have the books back you could do what you want with them and I have to get them in shape and re-release them. And 
Um, that's my only guilt thing right now. I feel like I squandered this entire year of being home. I could have, had I applied myself, gotten all of them proofed and ready for publication. And I'm way behind on that. So, but as I read these books, I'm thinking, you know, the one book I, I finished recently, uh, which will be the second book I, I, br I bring out, they're all Regency romances, except for a couple of other historicals for different time periods. And I'm thinking, you know, I want to do comics and maybe I, maybe I turn one of these into a graphic novel. Yeah, that might be cool. You know, but it's, it's it also going to take me, this is going to take me down a whole other path because it's a whole bunch of things I've never done before. So, and in that way, it's exciting. Uh, I like doing new things and, so we'll see. We'll see. Now that I've spoken about this out loud, I feel like I need to actually do it instead. Because I do that too. I will think up all of this stuff to do and, and I'll write it. I'll make a note for myself and I won't tell anybody and then it never happens. Hmm. So, so there's that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I've never... Feel that spark, you know, about it. Like that it, graphic novel sounds like something that... It sounds very you to me. Yeah. It sounds like something that you would really... But I don't know if I want to just write or want to just draw people in Regency costumes all the time. Right. <laughs> right, right. And that's the one thing. That's the one thing I, you know, I have all this, this body of work that my mother did. You know, she's been dead for 17 years. And like, do I spend the rest of my life working on her stuff or do I create stuff of my own? Like, what do I do? Uh. <laughs> You know, I, I, these are, these are the thoughts I, I have laying in bed, not being able to sleep. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's a balancing act it's it's you know i i know for a fact that my mom's writing is good it's good enough that it got published it's good enough that that uh she was i guess considered a best-selling author in some ways if you she certainly sold more than a hundred thousand copies of her books not one specific book but all of them combined definitely and so those books have been vetted by, you know, editors and publishers and stuff. So they're, they're already at a higher level than like the writing that I'm doing now. Cause you know, no, <laughs> nobody's printing it. So it's, it's like, you know, do I, do I spend the time working on her material and getting her stuff seen or do I create my own stuff? That's kind of, and can I do both? Do I have enough time and energy to do both? So well, those sounds, are my questions. Yeah, it sounds to me that your your passion is your own thought yeah. and your own yeah. creativity. So I would say, you know, because I do other work too, and, and it's work that I like a lot. Um, I'm kind of an SEO nerd, and I, I do a lot of that <laughs> during <laughs> my days. But And I'm also very well aware that getting to the core of the things that I love uh, is definitely important, you know? So I've been thinking a lot more about the necessity of having assistance and finding, finding the people that can do some of the other things. Like, you know, if you, if you need editing or if you need something, someone else that can help with what you're doing with your mom's work. I mean, I think it's great to get it out there and that can be, a source of happiness that her work is 
still, you know, being seen and, and explored and, and read and also income, you know? Yeah. But I think that there are, there are parts of it you'll find that you don't have to do yourself once you get to a certain place in it, you know? Because, I hope so. yeah, because I think to make it all of what you do is, I don't think that's fair. That's my sense of it. No, yeah. I, I, I obviously that's kind of been in the back of my mind. And that's probably one of the things that was blocking me from just buckling down to get stuff done, you know, because mm. the other thing that I thought was kind of funny is even though I had just read the book like three months before, and I was rereading it again and I knew it was going to happen and I knew all of the things that happened. I was still crying at the end. So <laughs> it's like, oh. damn it, mom, you're too good. At this. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, man. So and what is her name for people? Who oh, Elizabeth know. Mansfield is the pen name she writes the Regencies under. Nice. And, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really cool legacy. Thing it's, have, yeah. yeah. It is. It's it's a tough one to live up to, you know, because you're supposed to. There's that theory that you're supposed to. Every generation is supposed to do more than the one before. And when you're mm. when you have a parent who was an achiever, <laughs> it's like okay, uh, you know, I might have as many pages written as she did, and I probably got paid more as a tech writer than she was getting as a as a, a novelist, hmm. but you know, it was all, you know, user's manuals for equipment that nobody uses anymore. So, you know, it's, it's I don't feel that uh, my achievements have compared to hers over the course of my life looking back. So, and mm. I don't know if it ever will. <laughs> I have another friend with a mom who's really famous and it's, we, we, commiserate about the daughters of famous moms <laughs> so right. that's a whole other topic yeah <laughs> so, so i guess my question is how do we what are the do do we have techniques to get aware enough to know which direction to go or anything that you use hmm Oh, there's nothing real specific. And it's this, you know, I'm not, I am not the, the expert at this because I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, mm -hmm. And it also, you know, your, your, your tastes and interests can change over the course of your life, mm -hmm. at least in some ways. You'd have to, I would, I would do like a, a questionnaire kind of thing. Like what, what do I enjoy doing like if if you have a list of things that you're supposed to do like for the day and and you rate them with how much you like doing them and you look for patterns you know if it's and if it's something that you're not already skilled at and if it's something you want to explore like uh like let's say animation you know that's something i've always i've loved cartoons since forever since i was you know old enough to notice that a cartoon was like on tv or something so i've always been interested in animation and for example this year i'm seeing a lot of ads on my facebook for um this animation class and it was really only 15 bucks but it was in spanish so it's like oh 
It was going to teach me After Effects for $15, but it's in Spanish. So it's like, this isn't so helping. You have to get the Babel course first, right? <laughs> I even wrote to them. I said, guys, why are you wasting your ad money on me? Because I'm not going to buy a Spanish course. Just show me it in English. I'll buy it. <laughs> but it, um, but for me to, to start animating right now, I would probably, well, it's it would be very similar to taking the year or two it's going to take me to learn how to draw like bodies and hands. Hands are always, the, they're, as an artist, the hands, drawing hands. I mean, that's why cartoons have hands with three fingers and a thumb <laughs> because it's way easier to draw. And I don't know why that fourth finger makes everything so, so ridiculous, but it does. But I really like, enjoy when I was figure modeling, listening to like learning about art by by listening to the teachers, you know, and yeah, definitely hands and feet. It's <laughs> challenging and all the color theory and things like that was fun to hear, too. So I learned a little bit by osmosis. Well, you know what? You can figure out whether you love something or not if you get stuck with that stuff that you hate to do and yet you still do it. OK, you know, because. Like there's, there's always anything that you love to do. There's always an aspect of it that you hate to do. Like the paperwork, like something is not done until the paperwork is done. And uh, if you can still stand to do that and, and continue, then, you Mm. know, you're loving what you do. Okay. Yeah. It's like you love having a pet, but you have to clean up their shit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of changing guitar strings, but but I but, do it. So. But you do it, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I have definitely realized that I love making playlists. I've done a couple for Leftscape. Maybe things. you should be an MC. I mean, a DJ. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's the interesting thing, you know. I I I know a lot of people who are doing DJ gigs online and stuff, and and it's kind of exciting. But I think the thing that I really was psyched about was doing playlists like sound design for events and parties and things Ah, that was really what I was kind of wanting to embark on in some aspects before no one was having parties so um, (laughs) so right now I have the challenge of learning to do much more recording type things and sound at home you know, maybe for online events and maybe for my own recording and stuff. And that, that actually really freaks me out. Like I'm not super technical. I'm, I, I like, I like having engineers for those things, but I'm, I'm enthused about learning. Cause I think, as you say, Mary, that I am finding that that music part of me is really much more alive again than it had been. And well, uh, I'm going to throw this out better for you. I'm going to throw this here out for you. It is not as hard as you think to to do audio engineering, especially nowadays. Uh, I've been, I taught, and that's something I taught myself to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's cutting and pasting little snippets of waveforms. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. What I've done so far, that that is it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, there's, and I also, but, there's this, but there's choices to make, you know, in terms well, of yeah. what you're creating. It, so. Well, yes, but it's that that's that's the technical part of it. The rest of it is like you're listening to like all of your sound files and seeing what works together and, and all that stuff. And I and I also want to throw out for you to think about um, if you really like designing like soundscapes and stuff like that. Uh, video games is a field Ooh. where 
that is really important. Like the game I'm playing now, there's mm. definitely, there's different themes in every location on the planet. And some of them are nice. And some of them, if I have to listen to them for more than 15 minutes, I kind of want to tear my hair out. So. <laughs> wow. But I mean, if you're, if you're to need to do something while you're waiting for parties to, to start up again, that's another avenue for sound design. Thank and, you. I like that idea. And I kind of do like the challenge of getting myself to do the things that I've in my head, I've really been wanting and loving to do, but just haven't been really realizing. So mm. that's good. And for me, I think it's just that kind of getting still, like taking a break out of life and out of just running and doing everything to notice what I really, what really matters and what feels the best. So we kind of have this, this pause in the world right now that has helped me get to some of those places um, to get a better idea. So I'm happy. F that is one of the weird silver linings, I think, of this time period. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you had the mental capacity to actually pause, because I know there were some people who, you know, their their relationships were blowing up, or or you know they were so concerned about jobs and lack of money coming in and things like that that they couldn't relax enough to get to that place. Right. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of work, so that hasn't changed. I know. I'm my... not. I, I'm not speaking about you specifically. I'm speaking about people I know sure. out in the world. And, uh, and, and so if, if you haven't been able to come up with these epiphanies during this past year, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. No, don't beat yourself <laughs> up about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I think the only difference for me, the main difference was just that I'm not traveling as much. So I'm just more stationary. And even though I have, same amount of work. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go here and do this, or I'm going to go there and do it. I, you know, so it has slowed down for me in that aspect. But um, so I I feel fortunate about that. But um, but that is a very good point. You don't. Yeah. You need to beat yourself up over when and how and if you get these kinds of realizations. Yeah. And if you're if you're doing stuff that you don't like, think about think just open yourself up to like what would your world be if you were doing something that you you know when you woke up in the morning you were excited to get out of bed and go to work what would that work be that's kind of that's the mindset that's the question you have to answer for yourself to to get started on it You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Thomas Limoncelli. Web hosting by InMotion. And remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash Leftscape. Thanks for listening.